And this is what my sphincter is doing right now. It's just like, I don't know which thing that I want to hear less, but welcome to this episode of the prestige ish media podcast. In this episode, we will be covering true detective season one, episode six haunted houses. Please note in this episode, we may have spoilers through episode eight. I'll be your host for this episode, Craig Lake. Co-hosting with me for this episode will be Jessica Z and Dan McNair. You can find our show at Prestige Ish Media on Instagram and Prestige underscore Ish on X. You can find me at Real Real Batman on both. You can find Jessica Z at Jobless Dog Mom and Dan McNair at Dan McNair 1017 both on Instagram. We hope you will join us for coming episodes as we cover True Detective seasons one through three on the way to the season four premiere January 14th on HBO, which we will also be covering. Now, without further ado, here's the episode. We are definitely ready to make the flowers. Welcome. First. What's weird, but okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Prestige-ish Media Podcast. I am your host, Craig Lake. I am hosting with Jessica Z. Jessica, how are you doing today? I'm great as always, Craig. How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. You have Sour Patch with you? Is that what we're rocking for the pod? Yeah, I'm not allowed to eat Milky Ways anymore while recording, so... You do have a mute button, I remind you. <laughs> Dan, how are you doing today on this Junksgiving? I am riding high diabetic sugar roller coaster. So yeah, what stuff can wacky. you have today? Like Pretty much have. anything that I've gorged myself on the last 24 hours. Uh, it's getting experimental. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I'm not liable for anything I might say or do. Sweet. Well, we are covering True Detective Season 1. We will be covering Episode 6 first. That episode is Haunted Houses. My first note is a fun one. Marty with statutory rape boys is how it is written on paper. What did you guys think of this first scene? It was with Marty can, uh, confronting the boys that obviously were involved in the potential statutory rape with his daughter. Dan, I'll let you jump in there first. Yeah, I don't want to get too far ahead, but it's very ironic. This is Marty, how you would expect him to be. Like, he's going straight from the Marty playbook. But there's such the irony with some of his actions that we learn. And also kind of, to, it, it leans back into the, the circle, secret fate of all life of things repeating themselves. How he's on one end of the equation here. And then we see his behavior kind of on a different end of the same equation later on. Yeah. In, in, I feel like the two of you, unfortunately, put me in the position of being like the resident Marty apologist. <laughs> but I will say that technically he didn't statutorily rape anyone. Certainly the age range of these boys is a lot closer than the age range of him and his ladies of the night that he encounters. Jessica, what was your thought about this first scene with him confronting the boys who, I guess, statutory raped his daughter? Is I mean, it torally? Like What's the proper verb? Something banged her when she was too young. Yeah. What did you think of the scene with the boys who banged her when she was too young? I mean, the only reason it would be wrong what he did was because he was a cop. But any other dad would probably, if he like, did that people would be like oh yeah good dad the only reason it's questionable is because he's a cop well i guess and i think you know dan brings up a good point about just obviously his level of behavior with younger women but oh guys what... are always <laughs> hypocrites when it comes to that i guess my question is this when he puts the gloves on was it for the protection of his knuckles I think it was for protection of him and maybe to leave less obvious marks. What was your take on the glove situation, Dan? At first, I actually think it was kind of an intimidation factor just to kind of let them know what's coming and maybe just if to keep his prints off them somehow. I didn't 
think too deeply into it, but I'm no expert in police brutality. So <laughs> what was your take on the gloves? Just was that to protect his own knuckles to protect them? Protect his own. And I guess, I guess my question though, is if you were going to get your ass beat by Marty, I think I would prefer him to wear gloves. I think that was actually, I just want to say, I would rather get beat up one time than go to jail for a statutory rape. And would you rather be beat with or without gloves? I'll take it either way. Jesus. Dan, how about you? Which punishment would you rather take, gloves or no gloves? Well, the way that Marty sets it up, I don't know that I buy the situation. I think he threatens that they're going to get locked up in Angola. He mentions that prison, which is, that's not where like this crime goes to. That's like a death row prison. Yeah, well, I feel like Angola, everyone's going to Angola on this show, but... Yeah, they do. They've dropped it a handful of times, and I only know it because it kept coming up in a series of books I read. But I'm like, so are they thinking we just put petty criminals and other people, like, everybody goes to Angola? That made it seem for me like Marty was just throwing his weight around, trying to scare them, but the reality of the situation wasn't anywhere near it, so... Yeah, I guess it's interesting to see if he would have really filed charges either way. But I mean, I think either way, what was going to happen was what was going to happen. I guess I guess we're approaching it as if it was a choice, but it really probably wasn't a choice for anyone, I guess. Yeah, I do think I'd rather be the guy that came out and took his beating first than the other one that he had to go in and find later, I think. Although I think he probably got his heavier shots out first, I bet. So who knows? It didn't look like a fun time. He did say, interesting quote from him in that scene, man's game charges a man's price, which I thought was interesting. We start finding out that Rust had some issues they keep asking about in 2 He had two formal uh, reprimands and a suspension. Turns out he kind of started working old missing persons behind the scenes. He talked to one of the dads whose kid had gone to Queen of Angels, one of the Tuttle schools. Any thoughts on him kind of going off the reservation and and just working this case outside of the normal police process, I guess? Yeah, it seemed kind of about what I would expect from Rust, really. That doesn't surprise me. It fits in more of the picture that I'm seeing for him. What about you, Jessica? Fair for him to start tracking everything down outside of the normal police parameters? Yeah, I think it's like the... He just he has that drive to want to put an end to the crime. And I think at this point, he kind of already knows that he doesn't really know who he can trust, probably. But yeah, that's probably a big part of it. But I definitely say hashtag Russ trust. I also I, I guess another question I had about that though is I just don't understand how he thought this would go well you know because if you can't trust the people to tell them you're going to talk to these people like it's I don't know how he thought it wasn't going to get back to everyone I just don't really understand that part of the thought process but what did you guys think of Maggie talking to the cops we ultimately find out what happened with Maggie in this episode were you surprised to kind of learn where this episode went Mm-hmm. And then were you surprised that Maggie, I guess that it kept quiet as far as the cops were concerned, that nothing got that out. I'll start with Dan, only because I think Jessica is full of sour patch. Um, <laughs> I could talk. Okay, you start, Jessica. Wait, about Maggie? Well, first of <laughs> all, my first impression, seeing her talk to the cops, you know, present day. Yeah. Was like, All I could see that was different about her appearance was that they changed her haircut and it legit made her look 20 years older. Yeah. I will never get that haircut until I'm like 60. And, but yeah, you were right. Wow. You were right every time. Every show that we do, you were like, oh yeah, she's trying to bang Russ. And I was like, she would never. She's just like seeking comfort and boom, banged him. And she definitely didn't want any comfort. She was quick out of there. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm on rewatch and so but I am talking about this like I am watching it for the first time and my vibes were definitely up for this sort of thing. What was your take one on what happened with Maggie and then two this is just, just like a, her interaction with the cops? 
Fall from the House of Usher. Yeah, that show where you were like, Frederick's wife is awful. And I was like, she would never. And then but in both cases you had already watched what happened and just didn't remember actually <laughs> yeah. yeah but bad Dan, girl maggie she didn't give a fuck uh, it was, she was interesting to, she didn't you know really seem to give away a lot to the cops in her interrogation which was interesting she kind of played tough she knows her way around detectives and stuff like that whoa I guess more than one way than another, but you know, she, you see that she's true. And even after all these years, like she'll still kind of lie or not give information away where maybe after all this time, it could have been pretty easy to. So that told me something right there, but actually I don't know if the whole thing of bringing her in, what did we gain from that? It didn't seem like there was any great revelation other than just to fast track the flashback. Yeah, I mean, I I guess it just kind of brought her back into the picture for, you know, the closing episodes or kept her in the picture, I guess. And, you know, A, B, I guess it built some level of tension in the current timeline and that you just didn't know she was going to say anything. But early on, you don't know what she you don't know what we end up knowing that she's not saying so i don't really know how it builds tension there i I just think it's keeping her involved go ahead they broke up like right around the time that all that shit went down right yeah so i mean i guess the thought process is they broke up in o2 they're trying to find out what happened in o2 what caused such so much turmoil in marty's life it's it's a lot of foreplay with her over what happened with maggie in o2 i mean which is great use of vocabulary (laughs) well there was not a lot of foreplay foreplay, i'll say that (laughs) i wonder if it would have been any different if we saw the rust maggie hookup and then the interview with maggie. right because then you'd like have be- more build up but you're you don't have that and you don't know what you're anticipating but i guess it's just you're trying to find it out but i will agree with you there are some things that like you could take out or change and not hurt the episode a ton and that potentially is one of them it doesn't add a ton i guess uh so uh, we see marty go to t-mobile did you guys both recognize right away that was the previous girl from the ranch yes dan as soon as he mm-hmm. as soon as she said Beth, i i could tell there was something with her but i didn't know that it was that you forgot Beth. i did they- <laughs> well okay so yes and no the way i watched it they did do the preview like previously right. on and right. they singled out that conversation. So it put it did put it on my radar in that context. But in that scene, I'm still kind of murky in years and time passage and who's supposed to be how old. So it made sense to me at the bar in an instant. But just from the T-Mobile quick interaction, there I wasn't picking up on. Yeah, and I guess a couple things here. I definitely picked it up because of the preview scene, the before scenes. If I didn't have that, I don't know that it, it might have taken me a second. I think I would have got it by the time she was in the bar, but I don't know if I would have got it in T-Mobile. The scene where he walks out to the parking lot, he's just embarrassed he had all those tampons in front of her. Is that the deal? Like when he walks out in the parking lot and he looks at the tampons and he's like, damn it or whatever, but it's, he wasn't trying to put a move on her. He was just upset. Cause it's like embarrassing. What was your guys's read on that portion? My read was actually, he had those with him. He could have put them out in the car and then gone into the bar. He took those into the bar. Didn't he? He yeah. did for sure. Yes. That's so true. I'm thinking that's his way of almost trying to be hate put out a little anti-chick magnet yeah what was your if you're trying to score you're gonna hide them you're gonna put them in your car score score jessica no yeah i agree with what dan said so i couldn't tell so he wasn't going back in the bar to engage with her he had no expectation because i was like why did he go in the bar I was wondering why he went in the bar too. I felt like it was possible that he went in the bar what with was an he expectation. He was like What's working that? on something, wasn't he? Not really, because he wasn't even filing paperwork at that point. 
like he was bitching about Russ making him file paperwork. The, he was sitting there doing something, wasn't he? I mean, he, even I if he was, I he was, feel like he was drinking. What he was working on, but he was supposed to be sober at this point, I thought, because he'd done like all his promise keepers and things like that. Well, were I mean that the promise keepers timeline that original wait is that in this because ninety five is ninety five when they solved the case. No, that's when yeah. it happens, right? Two thousand two. It is happens when... in ninety five, but I think they solved the it. Shootout. No, it's not that I, far, correct? I think they solve it like within a year. Yeah, so or quote couple, solve it. So what was two thousand two? So two thousand well, ninety five is when he banged the one chick. And so two thousand and two, he's seven years removed from their almost split. And I think she even says they had seven good years. So I don't know at what point he went. I'm just saying to be fair, I don't know what point he went from promise keepers to back to bar. But it did seem like he was behaving, but I just don't know why he went in the vicinity of that T-Mobile. But to your point, why would you bring the tampons with you? But any which way, why would you bring the tampons? But maybe that's like you're saying, maybe he was trying to behave, I guess. So I know we talked about it a little bit in the previous scene, but she is obviously getting a drink. So she, Beth is of drinking age. We do know this is one of the chicks that he was trying to get out of the brothel ranch or whatever. But I guess we'll start with you, Jessica. What's your read on him talking to Beth? Where does it go from inbounds to out of bounds for you? Oh, what's, what's the thought as, process? As, as soon as she started talking to him, obviously old Marty is going to come back. Like Frank the Tank in old school, just one sip. <laughs> once it hits his lips, yeah. he's, he's he's streaking through so the good. quad. Well, I mean, it should be fair for him to talk to this girl. No, no, because just like an addict, a normal person, I'm saying. I, I guess like I'm an, saying, yeah, just in a vacuum. They can't just have. You can't eat like alcoholics can't just have one sip. Like drug addicts can't just have one hit. No, it's once they start, they can't. So once she said, oh, but I really wish he didn't because he acted like he wanted better for her. And then he just used her the same way every single other guy her whole life has. And it was just sad. What was your take on the Beth situation overall, Dan? Would you have done what Marty did? I can see, I, I probably wouldn't. I can see jessica's point of him being an addict as just a guy that will sit at a bar i think talking to somebody and having a couple of things in common that's all perfectly fine and in bounds but i'm not looking at it as marty's character i'm just looking at it as an average person so once she says we need to have bourbon like that for me looking at it was when it went too far but well but I i'm guess not marty let me take this two directions. So the first direct the the first direction is he's a married man that's previously cheated on his wife with two younger daughters. So this is a wholly inappropriate relationship in the context of his on in the context of his marriage. I agree a hundred percent. I agree there there's some conflict in how they met his intentions for her what he gave her money for definitely an interesting foreshadowing with Russ mentioning the down payment. Totally. Now I think he gave her money, but so that she'd remember that down the road. And I, bang him. I don't a hundred percent believe yeah. Marty did that with bad intentions. Dan, you hate Marty more than anyone. I mean, I do, he, but also he may have been hypocritical. He may be a hypocrite overall, but he didn't give, he gave her that money to make himself feel good or for whatever reason, but it wasn't like a down. Well, and I was trying to look at this as an optimist, like Marty's kind of the way I see the character seven years clean from having extramarital affairs. And this person that he tried to put on a better path crosses paths with them. And he's kind of vested like, so you know, you did kind of fix your situation. You moved, you know, out of that environment and into a better one. Like, I can see at least wanting to understand Wait, a little Beth bit of her now? story and not have sex with her. She's a T-Mobile professional. When you say that he used her, I, explain a little bit. Because I feel like she put some pressure it? without Sour Patch. <laughs> but no, I, I guess I'm asking like, she met with him 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She might even saw what car he pulled up in because he she might have saw him walking in. If you're in a retail store, I mean, she goes into that bar. She orders, I feel like, one, a dirty martini, right? Or yeah, which is right. what his wife does unknowingly to also solicit. Well, Maggie likes them extra dirty. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think both people in, in the context of this, had the, those are innuendos. I'm ordering a dirty martini. She wants him to know she he, she's of age. You know, that she is a woman. When he does leave, she's the one that asks him over for bourbon. He doesn't approach her and be like, hey, I really want to go get a bourbon with you or how he's not trying to get her home. So I'm just saying, like, I feel like she's we can argue the morality of what Marty did. Dude, that's but is there... the only way she knows how to, like, even connect with men. Yeah, but that she's abused is, by her uncle until Marty's... she moved out to prostitute full time at 15. Like... Yeah, I just feel like she's making a lot of these decisions. She has her own agency. She's over 21 years old. Like, Okay, but if you knew someone came from that background, why take advantage of it? I don't think anybody should take advantage of it. I would speak to my, I guess if I looked at it from my perspective, I would be like, I know either whatever people she's been with or who. Oh my God. No, no, I'm not. I'm just saying that I wouldn't I treat would somebody dirty. No, I just a whole lot I don't... of dirty martinis in there. No, <laughs> I just I don't know what's. I'm just saying. I guess what I'm trying to say I'll is catch where something. But thanks. <laughs> I'm just saying what's her responsibility in this? And it was the same with Lisa. Like she knows he's married. She knows he's got a bulk load of tampons. She's over 21. You're saying she's being used. She doesn't share any responsibility in this interaction. I think that Marty could have made a responsible decision and not banged a girl who he's he knows like, dude, come on, watch Law and Order SVU. Those are good cops. Is, they, is any they does she bear does she bear time. any agency or responsibility as a woman over twenty one, Dan? I think she's got five percent responsibility and he's got ninety five. I actually I think both interactions, the pursuer in this episode was the woman. Yeah. But Thank the guy <laughs> was weak in both situations and they had an opportunity to say no and step back and cut it off. And neither of them did. And this what, kind of paints both detectives in the same light. What's Russ your percentage drunk. of blame pie with this situation? How much is how much is best fault? How much is Marty's decision? I would go just with Marty's experience. 65-35 Marty, 65. And I think that's fair, but in Marty's defense, I would like to point out, I don't imagine he's getting a lot of women thrown his way. And so he, he's got to be Women baited. love cops. Oh, wait, I, he hasn't been a cop for a while, right? Or um, No, he's still a cop now. He's still a cop for four more years after this. Okay. So I would just say he's not made a stone, but no, I agree. I mean, I would go 60% Marty, 40% her responsibility. I would do 70% Maggie, 30 rest um why were he one that's a harder one for a guy to walk away from that's what that's where the extra five i'm like that's at least the five point swing there i mean it's not like marty's pulling kale he couldn't have been that that drunk because he finished really quick no this was a so well i mean it was a sober enough decision until they got to the bourbon but once you go to get the bourbon I think at that point we know, but I mean, she was pulling out all the stops. I mean, Wait, bourbon now, about? anal later. What's this oh, guy supposed to do? What what about Maggie? I'm oh, saying. about okay. We'll get we'll jump back into that. Just no, while Marty we're here, was dead sober. Marty was just being Marty. Why we're here before we get further? What's both your ratings on this episode, Dan? You first. I'm gonna go eight point eight. This is my highest so far this season. Let's just say I found this episode titillated. (laughs) Jessica, this episode, what what do you give it out of 10? These are all great episodes that we're covering tonight. This is the only one that I didn't... Oh, wait, I only ranked one of them ahead of time. Is this one? Check your notes from today. I'm sure it's in there. Okay, so I loved it. And I think it's a 10 out of 10 for, like, diving into their personal lives. Uh Uh-huh. I think it had not that much information for the investigation. Okay. I I mean, it had information. It just didn't focus on, on it a lot. So I'd say 9 out of 10 just because, like, 
mostly revolved around like their personal situations but like I like that stuff I don't know if everybody watches it just for the drama in their personal lives so that's why I like it so much yeah I mean I enjoy the I think for me it's both parts it's the drama and then you know kind of the crime stuff I'd like the crime to be more like I feel like early on in this show I thought it was potentially more I don't know if supernatural is the right word but just more like illusions of supernatural and I I don't really feel it turned out that way I think I'm going to give it an eight and I've got no issue with a nine. And I think I need to go later and just kind of reevaluate how I rated all these episodes to begin with, because I I really got to lay them out and think about it. But just in the moment, I'll give it an eight. So we get Russ checking in with the Reverend who's drunk with an ashtray now. He was formerly of the Tuttle organization. We find out in 1988, children were being interfered with he starts asking about why he left and ultimately gets him to admit he eventually had knocked over an old volume and a folder of pictures of children fell out he took it to the deacon the deacon didn't do anything he mentions two of his last tents were vandalized and he lost heart last time we see the reverend and any closing thoughts on the reverend dan there was a really interesting bit that i took as symbolism and I don't know if either of you caught it, the nope. coffee mug that he's drinking out of. Did you catch what it was? No, was it a big hug mug? No, it was not. It what was, mug was it? It was a John Deere mug. Okay. And their logo is a yellow stag. Okay. So you've a got the antlers king. from the beginning. Yeah. hmm and I, I took that to be a nod. We haven't had yeah, don't any... Don't talk about anything scary. My room is very dark. <laughs> we haven't had any product placement or logos like the whole show until this episode. And just the reason for that to appear, I thought was like a nod. Yeah, that's a really good read and takeaway for sure. I like it. Well, there's been one logo and that was the beer. Oh, you're right. There was the Lone Star. Yep. So... <laughs> the the next part of the scene here was beth talking to marty outside of the bar she says you're a big hero in the papers you're a good man at one point she says that they were kind of built this way and the universe forgives all so this would be another way where i I would just point out for marty again i mean he lives in a world where his daughter's you know, shitting on him. It's I'm sure his marriage has improved, but there's not much for this guy to feel good about. And so I would almost argue, I get the age difference, but I would almost argue she's grooming him for what happened because she's she is pressing all the buttons. And I would also argue with you, Jessica, that she knows from her line of work, right or wrong, what buttons to press in a man too so i just i i do do definitely think marty's an adult he was married he should have known better but she pressed the right buttons man and she got you know they all got a bingo we'll say because that's what girls who are sexualized at a young age do and he as a cop should know that well not just girls that are sexualized but all people that are sexualized at a young age are obviously more prone to engage in activity but I mean, she's making him feel good. He feels shit. It, that's a universal symbol that regardless of age, you can, I think that's why it's in there. It's relatable. You know, this guy doesn't have a lot to feel good about. And she's. This is why cops aren't allowed to bang their victims though. Wrong. He's a cop. Wrong. He's married. Wrong. Not arguing that at all. I'm just saying she's definitely pushing buttons on her end. And I would say also. Seven years removed in a grown adult is a big difference than if this girl was still 18 and it, he just found her off the lot like last week and did all this. Okay, but if, she, if he went, if he was like a like detective who like she came in to report that she was raped when she was 11 years old and yeah, then that would, seven years later she's 18 and wants to bang, wouldn't that would be, be way worse? And he... that would be way worse. And what, way makes more inappropriate. what makes it different? What makes it different? The age range is different. Oh, because she was 15 when he saw her getting raped. (laughs) It was a different, it was just a different context to me. It it just is. I'm not, like I said, I don't think his behavior is right. I just think she bears some of the responsibility. I'm glad you agree with me that it's inappropriate and wrong. And if you don't, 
If I could just interject, I think there were a lot of wrong relationships in this episode, but the fact that they take from where the episode starts with Marty violently abusing his power to beat up dudes three years older than his daughter that could have pushed buttons just the very much the same way that you're insinuating, Craig. And then to spin that whole ball around and look at from the other side. I think these two things happened in the same episode to again underlined Marty's weird, selfish sense of ethics. And I agree. It actually, I'm going to say in a vacuum right now, it angers me that you guys are making me as a somewhat devil's advocate take any stance for there's a party. No reason, there's no I, reason that someone I, needs I, to be the devil's advocate. No, no <laughs> I just, I think there's some... I think there's some defense of his actions in some places. What is the but, one defense? But, but oh, I, I, my defense in this specific situation that is that he's really a hot. lonely, that he's a lonely really older man. He is lonely because he won't just go home to his wife. Well, I mean, it, I mean, she's making him shitty ramen. You know this. She doesn't know how to cook noodles. His daughters, you know, one of them thinks she's a shithead. Her. He had already banged her when he had the noodles, so. That's I true. am just saying she put a full court press on. He's not made of stone. Granted, he abuses his power. That's wrong. He's a selfish person. That's wrong. He cheats on his wife. That's wrong. I think there's many ways that he's a piece of shit. Folding to this full court press, though, I don't know or in the biggest of his transgressions. I will say this after the sex scenes with Beth. I did say he probably should have bought condoms in bulk instead of those tampons, <laughs> perhaps. Do you, Wait, that do you, was like way too many. Unless there was a sale or something. Why would you buy that many tampons at once? Well, I think he had three daughters and they're potentially cycling together. Doesn't okay. that happen? As we learned on the Yellow Jackets. Box. You don't use a whole this is, box. This is Walgreens Shopping 101. They do the buy one, get three free kind of thing. Sucks you in every time with uh, okay. everything and we also know in this economy now jessica that no one can afford three boxes of tampons as tampon prices have Unless skyrocketed there's a sale, that's what i'm saying but <laughs> so they start talking again about what happened in in 2002 we see rust interviewing this gal that had i guess three kids die of sids was her name charlene uh, yeah, I wrote Charmaine, but I couldn't figure out her name if it was Charmaine that or Charmaine. What was your take on this girl, Jessica? Pathetic drug addict, I think. Um, I guess the the better question on this is and child killer. He gets this child killer to confess to the crime. Once again, he buddies up to her, and then immediately after she confesses, she says the news is gonna be hard on you. Prison is hard on people who kill kids. If you get the opportunity, you should kill yourself. Did you have any issue with the post response or with rust on this or just overall the scene? Any other takeaways, Jessica? Yeah, it's inappropriate. Again, it was inappropriate for him to do because he's a cop. Everyone else was, is going to think it. He just killed three kids. And well, you know what? Maybe the first one was like actual SIDS. And then she just got like, addicted to the attention and stuff that she got from it and the sympathy. And then she purposefully did the other two. I could see one of them being, you know, not her fault. But, um, yeah, I don't know. She probably killed herself. What was your takeaway on this one, Dan? This is rust being rust. Inappropriate, eh, but it's textbook rust to me. We're seeing both these detectives have this weird sense of ethics and self-righteousness come out. And it's a weird kind of parallel dance that they do. Yeah. And, and I think that's where I think Marty's are certainly more obvious and glaring and he's a lot more hypocritical and Rust is just more consistent, but, but his code of ethics sometimes is at least questionable. It makes, I don't know why I, I just feel really uncomfortable when he elicits these confessions out of people and then, you know, kind of, I don't know, the immediate turn after. Even if it was just like a, hey, you might want to protect yourself in prison. I didn't mind the passing comment as much to Charlie. Hey, this probably was your fault. 
as much as, hey, you should probably kill yourself. I think that was maybe a little bit of a bridge too far. We see Rust and Marty are already fighting. They're not getting along. He's telling them to type the report. Do you think if their relationship was better at this point in time, the Maggie thing still would have happened? I'll let you answer first, Dan. So this was one of those times where Rust actually seemed a little bit out of character to me. And I was trying to figure out what he's doing as he's almost like kind of bullying Marty in this situation. He's telling him what to do. He's saying he would be nothing without him. And I had kind of wondered if Rust, how much he might know about Marty slipping and kind of getting ready to screw up his whole home life. Because there are times where I've interpreted Rust's tough love to Marty as a way of trying to smack him in the face and steer him in the right direction. And I don't know if that's what he was doing here because Rust is not a, hey, look at me, scoreboard type guy. He just puts his head down and gets his job done and doesn't really go for the accolades. So the fact that he big-timed Marty seemed out of character for me. Yeah, I'm taking kind of two things from this. So one thing that I'm taking away is we hear about this change in O2. Obviously, the first change is the guy that he slaps around that kills himself because he realizes what's going on here. And so some of his behavior since then just seems unhinged in general. And I think that's kind of what we're led to believe. The second thing that I will say, though, and, and we'll go through it a little further as we go, but I guess my question for you is him and his disdain for Marty, him like trying to steer him in the right direction, or is he just jealous? If this is a person like I'll go back to the quote for the last episode where he says that he knows what he wants. Later, we get an episode from or a, a quote from her where she says that, she, you know, Rust is somebody that knows what he wants at one point. You know, I think. I think more than, and I think we find out more than Maggie had an interest in Rust, even if it's not a direct interest that Rust has in Maggie, I think he is, I don't know if jealous is the right word, but also just like angry out of jealousy that he doesn't have that family unit and Marty is shitting on his. So I'm taking it more of his frustration with that situation for correction. For uh, There are some selfish parts of rust there good things to be upset about in some ways because you know but anyway that's kind of my read on that yeah do you same same thing with the girl who killed her kids like he's so angry about it because he knows that if his daughter was you know like he doesn't get he doesn't get to have his daughter with him yet this girl just willingly kills her own kids and i guess that that's the true takeaway i guess because we never really got I, I don't feel that we ever really got it clear enough. And when I was initially watching, I wasn't sure if it was the real answer. The real takeaway is Russ's daughter was killed, I guess we're saying by a drunk driver. Is that what happened? And then his marriage fell apart as a result of that. That's the true story. Is that accurate? That's how I, I took it. Okay. <laughs> Russ. So what you're saying makes kind of sense that he's resentful of people that have the opportunity in their hands and then go and screw it up. Mm-hmm. And, and he can't so- get it back. There's a jealousy and a resentment and uh, you're screwing this up yourself. I wish I would have had that opportunity to screw it up myself. I never got that chance. So don't fuck it up. Yeah, I think there's a, all of those emotions for sure going on. So he res- he visits the girl that he rescued in the facility, right? That's who that is? Yeah. And then he starts asking her, was there anyone else, more than two people? And that's where she says the man with scars was the worst, the giant. He made me watch what he did to Billy. And then she just started freaking out. I guess that's just like a necessarily necessary evil, but super uncomfortable. And once again, how does he think none of this is going to get out anywhere? I guess any comments on that for me there, you two? I love how Rust has the ability to interview somebody and get them screaming and then just get up and walk away. It seems like there's a couple of those through the course of the show. Marty seems to get him screaming as well, I might add. (laughs) Anything on the girl at the facility, Jessica? What girl? Oh, yeah. I was just surprised that, like, they didn't go and question her sooner. Um, Obviously, she can speak. 
So there's a, well, and I don't know, it's been seven years, so I don't know how long it took for her to be verbal, and I don't know how far Russ Apparently just said- they thought it was going to be longer, but all it took was Russ going in there, so he should have done that, <laughs> yeah. like, the next day. I was going to say, we don't know how far he set her back either. So we go well, back she, to their bosses. I mean, she wasn't doing anything anyways. He says there is a jurisdictional complaint. At this point, Marty is, like, first time hearing of it. So what I kind of took out of this scene is, like, now we see- Marty's not just going to stick up for him at every turn once again. Anything else on that, Dan? No, but a quick thing I'll throw in here, and I don't have any facts to back this up. It seemed like they used a lot of typecast detective actors to be like the house sergeant. People that you've seen in other movies in these roles. Their chief guy in 95, I swear, was like in The Fugitive and probably has a handful of criminal minds or, you know, SUV, uh, SVU, BUS. <laughs> My old boyfriend's mom, she watched and- Law & Order SUV every week. <laughs> Law & Order RAV4, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and then also, so this sergeant or commander or whoever, he's another guy, I swear. He's played this role a dozen times. And yeah. I just thought it interesting. I don't know if they look familiar to you guys at all, but no, the, no, the first one was definitely more recognizable to me. And I think every time I see somebody, I'm just trying to figure out like who are the overtly dirty ones? Like, you know, are they fighting it because they're clean or they're fighting it because they're getting pressure? That's what I said top. when they when the guy suspended him. I was like, okay, is he guilty? Or is he just, you know, you're not supposed to accuse other cops of doing stuff and you're going to ruin the morale here. You're going to screw up good shit that we have. Or I think because they didn't reveal a lot, like I'm just taking it more of it was a lot of pressure from the top, like from the Tuttles or from the people who were on the take. But I don't think those two chiefs specifically were. But I think what we also see in the show is just there's a very level of Maybe they just never had the chance. There's a very level of like issues with all of these cops. Nobody's nobody's nerfed, I think. We do get a piece of information that two years ago, Tuttle overdosed. I think that's in the current timeline. When they do both exit the office, we see him and Marty flipping each other off at this point. Maggie comes home. She noticed Marty's washed his clothes already. He's already in the shower. As our resident female expert here, Jessica, if you come home and your husband's clothes are already in the wash and he's in the shower, is that a bad sign? Would that be? Would you be suspicious of that activity? I'm pretty sure my husband could come home covered in glitter and the fluids of seven other females and... Even that would not get him to do his own laundry. <laughs> I couldn't imagine what was going through her head because I know it'll never have to go through mine. <laughs> Dan, have you ever had any early laundry days in your olden days? I got to think that Marty as a detective's got to be smarter than this. You're burning the clothes or you're waiting until the day she goes out of town to do the laundry. It, it just seems like too obvious to get caught. Dude, and she's, wear your clothes, Marty. Where's that shirt that you wore to work today? Oh, I, you know, there's a shooting today and I got the person's blood all over me and as they're at work, I threw them out. Evidence, something. My only real experience with this is when I was dating Satan one, I wasn't allowed to drink and I was in a fraternity and there was a basketball game that I thought I would not have to drink in. It was called the man games. And I was like, so what's it involved? And they're like, oh, just if you don't make the most free throws for every free throw you miss, you have to drink. And I'm like, oh, no big deal. It's basketball. I got this. So I show up and it's like a crooked basketball hoop on a slanted driveway. And I don't know how many beers you I had drink to drink enough and you'll be able to make every one. <laughs> So I like missed a lot and these two guys got me home and I like immediately jumped in the shower and I'm trying to sober up while Satan one is screeching at me, but no, no girl action that Marty got. That's for sure. So Maggie notices that Marty's got her saved his throat goat slash B in his phone and she starts Wait, going was it through. Really? Throat goat? No, it no. Wasn't. 
I had just sent you that okay. like, video earlier. Yeah, it was there, B. Okay, B. There was like a meme video earlier this week about this dude saving people, saved her in the phone as like throat goat or whatever. And then I she swear had to it. God, I have no idea who that is. B. So Maggie serves his her, serves him dinner. It's kind of this boring interaction. Do you want to start, Jessica, and give your opinion on the noodles here? Or what were your notes on this scene? And, and him just, saving her as B. He also, for a cop, a uh, good point that he is a cop and he's just so stupid. Cover your tracks. Get a get another phone or don't text her. If she texts you, delete that. You've seen a butt before. What year is it? Can you go on the internet? I mean, it's early. I, I mean, it's keep it at your, your desk at work. Yeah, he definitely should have false bottom as, in the drawer at work. I feel as a cop and with this girl working at T-Mobile, he definitely should have at minimum had a burner phone. That's for sure. Dan, any, well, did you want to give your ramen commentary? What were your opinions of Maggie's cuisine, Jessica? Okay. Well, he's, you know, the pasta is good or whatever. The pasta was great, but I was like, is that ramen? And I did send you my notes earlier. So, you know, that I wrote like, uh, what is it? Was it ramen? Uh, or like, was it pasta? Or is he just like, too white to say ramen he probably doesn't even know what ramen is is this what the south is like did you have any other takes on the b in his phone b is his additional detective follies dan it was just a romanticized throwback to the age of flip phones for me but it took me down memory lane just like scrolling through things like that and how the keyboard would work and stuff like that and what a pain it was so it was you know, it was an of the era moment, but yeah, it was kind of cringy. Them all sitting in the same room and the tension swirling and stuff like that. I can say I didn't ever get any dirty pictures in that era. So don't know how I feel about that or what it says about the world. Um, were, you? were you in high school? I really didn't have like, how old was I? I was probably you were like 20, 22. Yeah. Maggie wears her dress to the bar, orders the proverbial dirty martini. Did you guys think she actually, did you guys think she actually slept with that dude? I felt it was mostly fair game. Well, no, she didn't sleep with him. She thought. Yeah, but when you initially watched it, did you guys think she had, or we, we ultimately find out she didn't? Well, I mean, we find out like literally the next scene, right? Yeah, pretty close. But. I honestly didn't think she had it in her. Good for her. She didn't have that dog in her. Till later. That was (laughs) at least. says that all the time. Dan, (laughs) what was your take on Maggie out searching for dick pics? You know, I can't fault the character's motivations. I mean, she's been the only one morally that's really kind of held it together the whole show to this point. And, you know, at this point, you see where she's going and the fact that she's going to put on this dress and go to this bar, like, you know, it is outside of her behavior and you can see where she's going. The, where you really got to falter is showing up at Rust's door. That just nothing good is going to happen. This is almost like a vengeful, like hate fuck that's happening. Yeah. Like, And we're almost there, so let's just wrap up a couple other notes. Rust visits Tuttle, batshit crazy visiting Tuttle at this point, correct? You guys haven't banged your ex's friends? Yeah, no one's ever banged any of their ex's Much like Rust, I Um, have a higher code of ethics, so I just get close and then tell them to kill themselves. That's the way to do it. Tuttle. (laughs) Let's start with Tuttle. Should rust i mean my thought my note is fuck rust visits tuttle just batshit crazy him visiting tuttle did you have any thoughts on that jessica this is where he's in that massive office this is what i mean this is what ultimately leads to in the original building where all of the other buildings were built around it yes correct i think he honestly knew that he would only be able to tell if he was in on it or whatever if he could talk to him in person i feel like his goal wasn't even to find out information there i think it was just to either like let him know that he knows or to confirm that he knows what was your read on that situation dan what do you think he was trying to do and 
were you okay? Did you think it was a good idea? Well, definitely not a good idea, but Rust's techniques are so far out in left field that I think with his success rate of just being crazy that he might've thought he could have gotten Tuttle to slip or admit to something. I mean, he is putting a lot of pressure on Tuttle, you know, through these last couple episodes. And he's also kind of breaking down professionally at the same time. So it's all kind of like just this one-way stream, you know, head, headed to the same place, it feels like. Yeah, I think Jessica's right in that I think he wanted to get a read on him and he felt he could do that in person. I just think terrible timing, bad ultimate decision, just not not the right time. I don't think you can visit a guy like that till you're ready to It was close. never going to be the right time. Well, no, I think if you've got, you know, if you've got all your loops closed and you're closing in on somebody, you can make a visit like that, but I just feel like it was way too early in the process he would never for him be able to make to do a visit that, though. like that. I don't think he would have been able to do it. And forgive me if I'm wrong, I only watched it once. Marty wasn't with him, right? Correct. He was by So he's going there. Lone Ranger on this. <laughs> No backup, no witnesses. Maybe he didn't want to involve Marty because he knew he was going to get in trouble. Yeah, that's just kind of a limb to be out on where Tuttle could claim anything from this meeting. And Rust has got to know that, right? You'd think, but I mean, it doesn't seem like this was well thought out when you look at the result. It wasn't yeah. like he had a grand plan based on the result. I don't think his plan was to quit, move to Alaska, come back. 10 years later and solve this thing does he come back we should look at the cast so immediate next scene is marty's in the driveway looking at these pictures he's trying to avoid going to see her he's trying to make the right decision and beth tries to persuade him towards anal this will be our last beth question but is it fair to expect marty to turn that down jessica well he already did it well no this he, he hadn't now. yet she said she hadn't tried it before he was like telling her he didn't want to come over and then she's like, i really no, want i'm you saying to do they've this already thing. boned like, what difference does it make what hole of course he's gonna go back what difference does it make once you've already done it you've done it right is is your partner really gonna be more hurt if you're like oh i went and banged this girl once or i went and banged this girl twice it's the same thing yeah, but I, I think from Marty's side, he is trying to make, he's trying. I'm not saying he does. He's a piece of shit. I get it, whatever. But I mean, he's trying not to do the wrong thing and getting a lot of pressure. Dan? Yeah, he could have blocked her number. Actually, I think like, Marty was got played. Dan, she up the ante, he caved. Was that a thing back then, blocking numbers? Yeah, I wouldn't think it's in Marty's wheelhouse. But yeah, you could block texts and Yeah, numbers. he didn't even know you could delete them. <laughs> yeah. Good old Marty. So we go back to the office. Russ this, gets suspended. Well, first, is this a go good ahead. time to advertise our cheating seminar that we'll be hosting? <laughs> so Russ gets suspended. Thir 30 hours of counseling. He does say a good quote there is, I'm the person least in note of needing of counseling <laughs> in this fucking state. So he's home, unemployed, drinking. Maggie shows up, brings wine. I can't deal with it. Not again. Did you know? She says he can't live like this and starts to put the pressure on him. She says some people, no matter where they look, they see themselves. She says, be honest with me now. And then kind of, you know, I think takes advantage of him. And then immediately after is, I'm sorry, it wasn't you. I almost went with a stranger at the bar. He'll have to go because of this. And he just starts yelling at her to get the fuck out of here. Jessica, we'll start with you. What's your take on this scene? I felt really bad for Rust. Because I think he genuinely cared about Maggie and her well-being and everything. And then she came in and just blatantly used him and did not care about any sort of emotional impact on him. She just needed a reason to finally get things over with Marty. And she said, she, okay, well, Marty's not, he'll leave me alone for good if I get fucked by someone else. And dude, the stranger was a fine option and said she freaking chose Rust. And 
not only disrupted his work life but also his own personal emotional life because I think he did value his at least like cordial relationship with her and his relationship with Marty I mean he lost both those relationships like Marty and his family are kind of like the only like social interactions we've seen him have oh at least well his bike friends it was definitely the most toxic option. Uh, Dan, what was your overall take on this scene? I think it was beautifully acted. Um, <laughs> Do you want to describe a little more? <laughs> uh, uh, no, because um, they're really like in actually in character. Like I feel that Rust is drunk and vulnerable and in a place where he shouldn't be presented with this. And you know, I think the wife is like really working an angle and that angle happened to be the side of the counter. But like the way that the like camera was shooting like through the kitchen window or, or like the, it was very different for a scene like this. Like you almost are looking at it from below, which was really kind of weird. But immediately like Rust's reaction afterwards, after you know, this moment are like so purely rust because he was kind of not exactly helpless, but he hates himself and he hates it all instantaneously. Well, and I think I would argue in some ways it's very cruel, but in other ways for being so honest so quickly, let him know what that was immediately. And so that's why it makes it even worse for him in that immediate place. But long term, I mean, I think her just knocking on his door in that situation. This isn't a social call, you know, and he has no place to have visitors. Yeah, I just think he had really real feelings for her. I don't I know he was drunk, but I think drunk was coupled with what I think were feelings. I think he always maintained a respectful boundary and she forced him across it. Yeah, she crossed a line. Yeah, no, I I think she put him in a tough position. I still think they both had their own agency in the situation. I just feel like she like made him become, made him like, made him cross his boundary that, because up until now he's been like a very respectful and she used the word responsible person. And... I don't know, just, I would have been very upset with her if I were Rust. Yeah, and I think you just never know where you're at a place, both sober and personally. You know, I know many times I've made the right decision and, you know, turned things down and made good decisions. And other times you're in a bad place and I've made bad decisions too. So, you know, you can try to keep your boundaries all you want. I would also argue Marty within reason was trying but um, I never drink on a first date. I do think it sucks that she couldn't just break up with Marty, that she had to do this to get there. But I guess she thought he wouldn't leave. And I don't know. I don't know. Like when we argue the validity, the validity of how much this stuff makes sense. We know that he left that one chick because she got, she sucked that guy's dick a little bit. So to me, that makes it more believable that when his wife, fucks his partner that would be a real hard line for him that's where those two kind of check out for me i think that's a lot of that's a line for a lot of like macho men yeah i mean it, it's a, it should be a line for a lot of relationships but yeah it, it is what it is maybe maggie knowing it that's why she went beyond the guy at the bar because i mean ultimately this seemed to be her motivation in the whole thing not any blowback on rust but she couldn't keep going back to Marty, so she needed a final knockout, you know, Mortal Kombat death blow. Yeah, and ultimately, you know, I think she still wanted to bang Rust. We're, I, I know the question that I did want to ask. Jessica is noted Matthew McConaughey fangirl of the pod. Were you, were you a little... Gary's downstairs watching something right now with him. They seem to be like in a submarine or something. I don't know. But he's young. And but I was like, oh, is this recent? He looks so good. And You're such a dick. No, this is a 2004. Were you a little disappointed that he wasn't more of a distance runner in this episode? That's why I asked, did he finish? 
It's a little quick. I think he did. Did he? Sadly. I, yeah. I mean, I, I think for your fantasy, it's maybe better he didn't. We'll let you realize, come to also, realize Santa like, Claus... what was going on. And he like had a moment of clarity and stopped it. I think he had post-nut clarity, unfortunately, for your boy. <laughs> Dan, did he know. finish? I... Yes or no? Yeah, he finished. Thank you. Two to one. Marty gets home late. Maggie's at the table. She says, I saw the, f- the pictures on your phone. Nice ass, Marty. I slept with someone and you know him. You're close. It was Russ. I fucked your partner, Russ. You fucking whore. Get your fucking hands off me. You coward. Thoughts on this scene? Dan first. Um, it seen- Marty has had this whole history of shitty behavior. She's really trying to hurt him hard. So it's just, it's sad that it's come to this point. Maybe it's necessary that it needs to happen for them to, you know, move on and not take their way through this at this point. Yeah, I didn't like, I felt at our point, and maybe it was because she was confident he wasn't going to, but I felt like she was almost trying to get him to hit her. Yeah, I was kind of thinking this is a side of Maggie. Like, I really don't like. And and maybe not like with your kids home. You know what I mean? Like, I I thought it was like. She was like, oh, do it, Marty. And I thought he showed restraint in this situation. And he's like. And then she called him a coward after he showed restraint. Like, you can't have it both ways, Maggie. Because then I was like, so you wanted him to hit you? Like, or like, I'm like, is he saying, she's saying he's a coward for sleeping with that i could believe that but it almost was like howard was that you too I, scared not to bang someone well, i think he might have been a coward for You're running too scared from to come there. home and just sit in front of the tv well he did kind of run from their relationship like he wasn't strong enough to pour into it and be present and do the right thing i don't think a lot i don't think like a long-term committed monogamous relationship was ever like in Marty's abilities to have I don't think he's capable of doing that well I just I mean this is a fantasy show so I don't think Marty gets this many uh, high quality chances in real life of this quality you should should talk to a cop's wife I think they go through this weekly but yeah I I would agree with you that I think he's somebody that you just gotta accept like once every four years like the Olympics he's gonna fall off both wagons probably did were you okay with her presentation, Dan, or did you have any issue with the way Maggie kind of presented that? It just seemed very vengeful, which yeah. is maybe understandable. Thoughts on the fight at the police station and Rust even showing up at the police station? Jessica, you first. It was fun. I liked it. And then I don't know, just like boys will be boys. Um, I thought they both gave it a fair fight and I liked, and honestly, I felt like Rust kind of let him get like some shots in cause he maybe felt like he deserved it. Cause I think he could have like just knocked Marty out, but instead he, I think he gave him a few shots there, but obviously he had to like protect himself, but, and then just seeing them like pulled into the principal's office to get yelled at. And then when Rust quit and on his way out still said nice hook marty i don't know just you can't just break them up because they're just such a good pair together what was your take on that scene dan yeah jessica mentioned it and it's something that didn't strike me right in the moment the whole fight it was build up it was coming it was good i thought he says nice left hook do you guys did you pick up on that specifically and the reason i I bring it up I, I had nice hook, Marty, is what I had, but it might okay. have been a hook, but I just had nice hook. Um, maybe that's what it was. I thought I heard nice left hook, and then the whole left side of his face was beaten up, and the right side wasn't. And if you're throwing a left hook, you're going to hit the right side of the face. Right. So, But it was the other side of his face that was beaten up. So that was something that just made me go, huh, did I hear that right? No, you So didn't. maybe I imagined it. My first kind of reaction was like, why is he at the police station? Just a bad idea. What, you... he, what did he say he was coming to get? He said he was coming to get his stuff. Do you think he was really there to get his stuff or do you think he was there to take? I think he was there to take his lashings or whatever. I think he just wanted, he probably couldn't freaking sleep after all that. And he let's just get this over with because 
I can't live with this in limbo. Do you think he came there for his stuff or actually to take a beating, Dan? Oh, yeah. I agree with Jessica. I think he needed some closure from that. Have you ever shown up to fight someone? I almost did once, but I have not. No. Was it your nephews? Was it my grandparents? (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. Jessica, how many times have you shown up to beat up your grandparents? (laughs) Off air. This We're not recording. In college, I was in what would have been a fist fight, but I missed the punch. Okay. So it wound up being a shove fight. But did it like, it just turned into a shove fight or did you like, you didn't show up looking for one? It was a roommate. Okay. So like tensions were building and uh, yeah, it was close to a fist fight, maybe an inch away, but then it was a grapple. I've had more grapples than fights, but it's been more my restraint of not, I've clearly won the grappling, but I did not beat the shit out of them after I grappled them. Um, I've never been in a fight. Two girls have pushed me and I've cried. Did you fight with your siblings at all? Punches oh, exchange? they also used to make me cry. My sister's a beast though. Kind of the final scene we get is in the current timeline. They find each other at the end. Rust pulls Marty over and says he wants... First he says he wants to buy him a beer. Rust does. And then he says, why don't you buy me a beer? But I don't really get him making Marty buy him a beer at his own bar. I thought that was kind of weird. And the other notable thing from that, his back tail light was out. Uh, Jessica, how did you feel those two getting back together at the end? Really happy. They're supposed to be together. What about you, Dan? That the last couple of moments there took it from an 8.6 to an 8.8 on my scale. It felt like all the preamble was now complete. And this was the moment I wanted. And now we can move forward. Yeah, for sure. Definitely a good moment there. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Prestige-ish Media Podcast. In this episode, we covered True Detective Season 1, Episode 6, Haunted Houses. I was your host for this episode, Craig Lake. Co-hosting with me for this episode was Jessica Z and Dan McNair. You can find our show at Prestige-ish Media on Instagram and Prestige underscore ish on X. You can find me at Real Real Batman on both. You can find Jessica Z at Jobless Dog Mom and Dan McNair at Dan McNair 1017, both on Instagram. We hope you will join us for coming episodes as we cover True Detective seasons one through three on the way to the season four premiere January 14th on HBO, which we will also be covering. Thank you again for listening. If you can, please like and subscribe to our podcast on all your favorite platforms. And we hope you will join us again for another episode soon. The girls just run away. Say bye to Jesus. Hey guys, how's it going? Did you invent Junksgiving or is it like a thing other people do? Wait, what is that? I invented it. A couple other people have picked up on it. Okay. So yeah, I'm surrounded by like junk food and snacks right now. He does Junksgiving with his daughters. That's hilarious. Is what we were talking about when you came in. Oh, how embarrassing, Dan and I wore this. So yeah, (laughs) I've got like a sugar high going right now. I might get delusional. There's no telling. I want to go get some Sour Patch Kids. I'll be right back. Eleanor. Look, she has my face. Hezbollah. 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 (laughs) Lovely.